Hello and welcome to this audio recording for the weekly research roundup, research published between the 14th and 20th of March 2023. I'm Katrina Pears, the research correspondent of the ME Association. It's been another busy week for research with eight new ME-CFS studies but 19 new studies on long COVID. A number of studies this week and last are published in a special edition of the journal Work which features studies on ME-CFS and long COVID. This includes research on symptoms of post-exertional malaise, PEM, in paper 2, and experiences on using a heart rate monitors to manage PEM, paper 4. There's an introduction to this special edition, which includes some of the background behind these conditions. We have highlighted one of the ME-CFS papers in more detail. Paper 1 is a preprint study, meaning the science has not been verified and peer-reviewed, and is on developing a blood test for diagnosis of ME-CFS. This research is being funded by the ME Association's Ramsey Research Fund and has been using blood samples for the ME Biobank, to which the ME Association provides funding for its running costs. This study used a total of 98 subjects, which include 61 people with ME-CFS, 21 with multiple sclerosis and 16 healthy controls. The ME cohort was further divided into severe with 21 patients, moderate with 15 and mild with 25. The study used peripheral blood mononuclear cells, PBMCs. The principal method of this study was fairly new technique of Raman spectroscopy. The technique involves cell imaging where a light, usually from a laser, shining on a cell results in frequencies of photons due to the energy exchange between the incident light and vibrations of the biomolecules in the cells, which are then detected and observed in the form of a Raman spectrum, named after the Indian physicist Sir C. V. Raman, who earned the 1930 Nobel Prize for his discovery. Each biomolecule has a unique fingerprint on the Raman spectrum, shown as different length bands, and the sum of all biomolecule fingerprints in a cell can be used as a phenotype of the single cell. These fingerprints can be used to indicate changes in cellular metabolism and identify disease-related biomarkers. This is a non-invasive biochemical analysis technique and has an advantage over other biomarker identifying methods as it can be performed living cells. Also, compared to other techniques, no radioactive labelling is needed, so cells remain close to their natural state, reflecting the intrinsic biomedical profiles of the cells with less manipulation. The initial pilot study which was conducted by this research group back in 2018 can be found in a previous MEA research review. Results from this study included Healthy individuals, disease controls and ME-CFS patients can be distinguished between with a high accuracy of 91%. Single-cell Raman spectrum from PBMCs in healthy controls was 410 cells, in ME-CFS 1,151 cells and in MS 594 cells. The two disease cohorts differed from each other with different spectra produced, and the cells in the ME-CFS cohorts differed more than those MS cohorts in terms of their metabolic profiles, probably because of the higher number of subjects involved and the broad range of symptom severities from mild, moderate and severe. 
Results allowed differentiation between mild, moderate and severe ME-CFS patients with 84% accuracy. Important biomarkers which allowed differentiation between cohorts was through the quantification of aromatic amino acid AAAs, mainly tryptophan, tyrosine and phenylalanine. The levels of these three AAAs differ between the cohorts, e.g. intercellular phenylalanine suggests metabolic subtypes exist in ME-CFS patients, with the moderate and severe groups having significantly reduced phenylalanine and the mild ME and MS having increased levels relative to the controls. Altered lipid metabolism was also found with elevated glycerol levels compared to controls, suggesting different lipid profiles in the cohorts. Energy fueling biomarkers were also different between cohorts, with glucagon levels were significantly reduced in the mild and severe ME and the MS. Glucose quantification showed a decrease in all ME subgroups and the MS cohorts had the lowest glucose accumulation. Results from this study are exciting as there is desperate need to develop a diagnostic test. Results are reassuring as the majority of metabolic changes which were found in this study relating to energy strain and lipid metabolism are in agreement with previous research. Furthermore, these results showed cellular differences with different ME-CFS severities and allowed different phenotypes to be observed. This could in turn lead to the development of targeted therapies. The study has a number of strengths with a well-defined ME-CFS cohort from the ME-UK Biobank. The research team have also have a vast amount of experience and knowledge of ME-CFS with Carl Morton being funded by the MEA. Unfortunately, there are a few problems with this research currently, as it is not a technique which is widely clinically accepted. Therefore, the researchers are desperately trying to get others involved to verify the results and validate the findings. This needs other research groups to carry out the same research on samples from the ME UK Biobank, also on separate MECFS samples. There is hope that this preprint may help to bring other researchers together. Additionally, bigger sample numbers are needed. Furthermore, this research tried but could not replicate the findings that were previously found by Toma et al. 2017, which showed the inability of MECFS patients to fulfill cellular energy demands. This new research found no difference in mitochondrial respiration between groups, which could be due to the testing on samples which have previously been frozen. There are a few explanations for why this was found, Firstly, this technique is very difficult anyway, needing viable cells with intact mitochondria and very low levels being measured anyway, so it's hard to distinguish from the background. Secondly, the cell and mitochondria are all affected by the time taken to process the blood, time to freeze, time in the freezer and the temperature of the freezer. Therefore, the effect of these variables all have an impact on what is being measured. Unfortunately, this does make developing a diagnostic test difficult when measurements are so delicate. Fresh samples would be more reliable, but processing and collection of samples would add extra complications. Fortunately, as shown by this study, the Raman approach measures many other variables, with mitochondrial respiration being just one. And this technique so far is, is proving robust to the variables of freezing. Although further work is needed to demonstrate fresh versus frozen samples in using this technique. 
Thank you for listening to this audio recording of the weekly research roundup. I will be back next week with the next instalment.